Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show This episode was recorded while my podcast was still called GSOH. Don't be confused, you're in the right place. GSOH. Good sense of humor. Podcast by Nico. By Nico to. By Nico Tataravich, where he tries with. talks to people. With talks to people with a good sense of humour, G S O H. Okay, I'm recording. Um, I can barely bring myself to introduce the show. Shut up! Just stop it. I can barely bring myself to introduce the show. Sorry, guys, because I've let you all down, and we're having to make do with Alistair Griggs. <laughs> 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 I just cannot be bothered. Alistair, I'd like you to introduce the show, please. Do some do some Hello everyone. This is Yeah. Uh yeah, okay. So this is the Hello everyone listening to the Nico Tatarovich show. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I'm assuming it it's is. It's called GSOH. Um, oh yeah, right. I forgot For that. Fuck's sake. Hello everyone. Uh, <laughs> Hello right. everyone. You're listening to Go on. Hello everyone, you're listening to GSOH with Nico Tatarovich, and this week the guest is myself, Alistair Griggs, who is currently doing the introduction because Nico cannot be bothered. I just... Oh God, do we have to do this? Please, <laughs> please Alistair. Do we have to do anything? Uh, let's do role reversal. Alistair, <laughs> I'm going to be a sort of shy, awkward guest, and I want you to channel your sort of like let's imagine that we've been given a proper I'm, radio I'm, show which let's I just, can't insult just, you I can't do it just, you've got to this is this is a test of our professionalism mm. I'm going to be honest with the listeners Alistair and I would love to do some radio so we're going to try and do more and more stuff including another podcast that we're hoping to be doing uh in another arena um to get more and more experience so that we can become a little bit of a radio double act. Now, that could be anywhere. It could be local radio. It could be somewhere cool. I don't fucking care. We just... But let's... Here's yeah. the scenario, Alistair. It's it's a year and a half from now 
things have gone from strength to strength. Our podcasting has raised a few eyebrows, and um, we've become like part of the furniture in a lot of people's homes, and we're doing a radio show, and uh, we've just played Tears for Fears, and I've, I've looked at you across the studio and, and rubbed my tummy going, oh, 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 God, as if to say, I can't speak for a minute, like, you're just going to have to fill in. Um, and and that was the weather with, with Jennifer. Back to Alistair. Hello, um, that was tear f- Tears for Fears. Tear, they were right, a- it's fucking second word. Tear, tear, it's tears, it's tears. That was Tears for Fears. They were a, a band. <laughs> Yep. In the 1980s, uh, that track was um, China in Your Hands. That's Tapao. That's Tapao. <laughs> they began with a T. That's how my brain got confused. Um, Tears for Fears did uh, a famous, some famous songs, and that that there was one of their famous songs. Um, what, which uh, producers producers holding up a sign? It says, "What what song was that?" Um, I'm going to have to need a clue because I can't quite read the sign. Um, um, maybe in very small letters it says, Mad World. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a mad world. Do you know the one? That was it. What does Mad Sorry? World... Right. Pause, pausing reality for a minute and stepping in. Do yeah. you know what song Mad World is by Tears for Fears? Yes. Do you? Yes. But only because it was covered by... Yes. Um, in that film, Donnie Darko, I did, which I assume I thought it was an original song at the time, and then it, then it ended up being a Christmas number one, didn't it? About yeah. ten years ago. Very often, many tracks. That one. Da, da, yeah. da, da. Very often, what? Sorry. Very often, I don't realise something's a cover. Yeah, well, and you know, that happens enough. all the time for me, to the point where I'm like, "Where's where's the original music? I don't know." Mm. Who allowed um, this? How what? do you feel about that? People re-releasing songs, and then you're oh. like, do you feel like you're being conned? Um, no more than when I. Oh, I don't we spoke about live music. I don't. That's when I just go. But you're just hearing people playing instruments. Well, that's the whole point of instruments, isn't it? Yeah, that you could listen to that music at home. To me, it's like, why would you go and watch someone play, I don't know, Back to the Future in a a scene of it out? Well, it's not that, though, is it? Because music is a, you know, when played. Have you ever ever watched an orchestra live? Mm, I've I've seen a ballet. (laughs) The the noise you made then. Mm. An orchestra, like a beautiful orchestra, you know... Playing the beautiful no. music in a ballet. What? How did that feel? The, I liked the ballet. Um, actually, I cried. Oh, what? But, well, but I was... I drunk a bottle and a half oh, of red wine okay. beforehand. Okay. So it, it kind of lubricated my it was, emotions. It was the ang- angry crying. Either. Yeah. No, it was It was very beautiful. And I ended up kind of weeping. And it was really strange. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know why. It was genuinely... I was just overwhelmed by the the beauty majesty of it what this never happens this is amazing yeah that it's was like, probably the only time I it mean, was yeah it was like an overload of the system 
<laughs> it couldn't take it anymore. And finally, a combination of alcohol and ballet, and I just, yeah, I was. That's it. I was gone. We found we found your fucking Achilles heel. We found <laughs> the way into your soul. Yeah. Oh, do you know um, what, you know what it is? All the all these years of you being unmoved by things, it's basically mm. not high enough art. Yeah. Basically, you've got kind of... you've got the same taste as Hitler, <laughs> who, you know, literally he listened to. I'm leaving a gap there. Um, who's the German one? Um, Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. There were pieces of there were pieces of music by Wagner that Hitler listened to, and it moved him to tears, and almost like inspired him to have his evil visions of the of the way he thought the world and Germany and Europe and all that should be. And he and and Wagner, you know, it's a tricky one because Wagner, you know, everyone's allowed, it's not Wagner's fault that he did that, but Wagner is forever associated with the Third Reich and um Nietzsche wrote about it as well, didn't he? And Yeah. Um did I he? didn't no, hang on. Nietzsche, Nietzsche couldn't have no, I'm getting that the wrong way around. Nietzsche surely is is before the Second World War, right? Mm, yeah, actually. So actually, I didn't even correct you there. To no, show I know. My yeah. God, well, that was bad. I'm, I'm glad that I clocked myself. Um, <laughs> no, if it's the other way around, basically, Hitler found, saw things in Nietzsche's words and in Wagner's music that he made him think that they were telling him that the way forward was. You know, it's almost like this. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not fucking great with Nietzsche, but his his idea of the Superman and all the rest of it, the Supermensch, mm. like this idea of like supremacy and all the rest of it, uh, combined with high culture, all uh, it's a That's little bit like, yeah. It got it got made made into a a very very unhealthy Hitler casserole. I didn't get that from Casserole and Hitler and you didn't, didn't get what? I, d I didn't get that from ballet. Are you sure? Yeah. I didn't have horrible visions. I was just going like, oh wow. But it it passed. <laughs> That's the main thing. Yeah. That's the main thing. That's emotions for you, mate. They're just like weather. Yeah. It's just that for you, the weather is usually the same as it is on like Mars. For millennia at a time, perfect. And then there's just some strange solar event once every sort of four thousand years, where the where the conditions slightly change, and the uh, the makeup of the uh, the chemical makeup of the of the the atmosphere changes. And that, but they're so they're such grand events that they change the fabric of the landscape. Surely yeah. that's better than tepid rain now and again well it it, it it arguably is it arguably is but it doesn't doesn't stop me from sounding from feeling that we should all be slightly concerned about you mm. on some yeah, okay. fundamental level that involves public safety <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that's that's mm. what you bring that intrigues me but that, that that i encourage totally is this idea that because you don't go by the same patterns as everyone else, 
there is the lingering the lingering threat of of uh, you, you know it's the unknown you, yeah. you 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 have with you an unpredictability yes would you agree with that i yeah i'd agree with that um, immensely what do you think it would take for you to snap oh um, that that frightens me because probably very little <laughs> just <laughs> very little and it's what? unpredictable just oh, um i was angry the other day when I looked at um, someone's water bottle had compliments printed <laughs> on the side of it. Compliments? Yeah, it was like a series of, at each hour, they were meant to drink and said, keep going, oh. you got this, go girl, oh. nearly, nearly there, Yeah, like you're a champ. And what, what not uh, only so was at intervals of like a hundred centiliters or ten, yes. ten, ten cl or whatever, it would give you a compliment. And oh, um, that's sickening. what made me angry was not not only that anyone would need that compliment, which was that the fact that someone had to write those compliments yeah. as a part of a marketing strategy or something or part of a campaign, and they yeah. wrote them a copyright, and then they would have been complimented on those compliments. Oh, someone hired oh. up would have gone, oh. We're not. They're good. We're not sure about number eight. Or... Yeah, that's right. They would have sent a list of about twenty-five of them. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. We've both we've both done copywriting, haven't we? Yes. And still do when when called yes, upon. Yes. When yeah. Um. I actually don't. I don't hate it as a. I don't know. I'm going to call it a skill. It is a skill, but th- there's times where. I don't want to patronise anyone who does this full time because it's it's fucking hard to do well actually, and you're always you are always stuck in that what you just described, which is a co- so. By the way, if you don't know what a copywriter is, uh, in advertising or marketing or like in magazines or whatever, anything where pe- there's words on an advert or the, the writing gets called copy. Not everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Sorry for patronising anyone. Obviously, they sometimes say like about new about news, don't they? Oh, that that makes good copy or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, writing copy uh, means like um, you're going to be the one who says who writes down what the voiceover saying on a TV ad, or the, the pithy phrases and fucking. Uh, let, let's name let's name some famous advertising slogans. You should have tried a Trello. Yeah. Um, have a break. Have a Kit Kat. There you go. It's all chocolate so far. Miles a day, <laughs> a miles a day helps help keep helps you work, rest, and play. Um, Ron Seal does only does what it says on the tin. That's a good one. Um, Nike, just do it. Are we going to keep doing this? Yeah, let's. I like this. Keep doing it. We'll go back to what <laughs> we're saying in a minute. Um, keep doing it until we find a really stupid one. Go on. My brain's gone. Here's one. This, I think this is where we start to get annoyed. Adidas, impossible is nothing. <laughs> right? Right. Right. So let's let's stop it there. So, like, your job might be to think of a cool thing that sums up where Adidas are at as, a, as an entity at this point. And someone will say, yeah, I really need a new line. And that whole, that'll be called, like, a campaign line, in fact. Yeah. And everyone 
it will it will be it'll be actually it'll be almost the same as what Dominic Cummings was trying to do when they're trying to come up with uh what was the Brexit one? Get Brexit done. It's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. It is just a fucking thick slogan that or or even just the word new labor. Mm-hmm. Right? The phrase new labor that we watched I recently watched the documentary about Brown and Blair. Yeah. And the moment where they're all sitting around and someone comes up with new labor. Alistair Campbell said something really interesting on that documentary. He goes, see, the thing about slogans is they really matter and they don't. Yeah. And I thought that was really a really spot on way of, of um, making peace with the amount of stupid things I've written in the name of copy where, you know, it is, it is a, you've, you've solved a problem with, with the word conundrum and you've done it and everyone's happy and it's right. Somehow it's right for the bit of work you're doing. But then you sit back from it and you look at it and you think, what have I fucking done with my yes. day? I've sat here and I've thought up a sentence that doesn't really make sense in English. Impossible is nothing. And suddenly that'll be everywhere for like three years on all mm-hmm. of Adidas's stuff. And it would be analysed as well. <clears throat> My, I did one um, called Taste the Unexpected. <laughs> uh, oh, and it was a- successful. Yeah. And, um, what was it, Rip Hitman? And it's, yeah. <laughs> Come on. And, uh, yeah, and well, the one of the worst ones for me was when um, I was doing... Uh, lines i think for a brand of toilet cleaner <laughs> and i got what's tragic is if you get excited about doing something good that's the thing i remember like yeah. going like oh yeah, yeah hang on that's it. nice like that and then it's like doing a crossword to, i think it's all right to feel all right about have a it. wash i wanted to wash myself i felt mm. so gross yeah um it's all right that the actual bit where you go these people have asked me to solve this problem and we're having a meeting at three o'clock. Of course, you have to go away. You have to do it and the, and you have to step up and you have to do it good enough. Mm-hmm. It's basically say good enough. It's good enough to, to please those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like this is this is the language. This is this is what these people are expecting me to think of. It's a really fucking strange thought. When when you hate yourself for thinking of it at the same time yeah. as knowing that you're actually doing quite a good job, like that's how I always felt doing advertising and 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 still always would, but because it's not my main main job anymore, and I'm very very grateful for anyone who pl- employs me for any fucking reason. Um, I've I've we we actually I actually did some work in the same place as you didn't I when you you'd gone away. Yes. And yes. I, I did a bit of work on like a <clears throat> some stuff for a bank, yeah, and that's right. And I was with also another comedy guy, Arnab Chanda, who's a brilliant um, writer and stand-up, really really funny guy. He was in that week, and I found myself really enjoying it, even yeah. though what I was doing was bullshit sloganeering <laughs> for a for an evil bank. I kind of really enjoyed it, and I think part of the reason I enjoyed it. And what's made me make peace with it again is that even though I've still never finished it, I go through phases of dipping back in and watching Mad Men. Mm. And because Mad Men was made so... The way the way they weaved themes into the episodes 
and the sort of politics of the time and the gender politics of the time and the attitudes of the time, but alongside you seeing them trying to crack these pitches and say the right thing about a product or whatever. And you sort of, you know, when it's done well, it certainly when I was at college and it was the thing that I thought I wanted to do, when you looked at the, uh, the they have like annuals of all the old, the best old work, award-winning work. And when you look at mm. an old annual full of 60s or 70s or 80s American advertising, there's genuinely some fucking shit hot, shit hot thinking in there. There really is. Mm. Yeah, completely. Uh, I, I did. I did. Uh, I've, I fell in love with it before I fell out of love with it. Did you? Yeah. Did you um, train to do that? No, nothing. It literally was a fluke. It was, I did no training whatsoever. It was literally because someone I knew who was connected with a show I wrote on um, ran an advertising agency. And then just said to me, um, are you around to do some work on, we're doing a campaign and he needs some funny stuff. And I went, yeah, all right. And, right, but uh, so the, went, in, the in was that you were already doing humour writing. I was doing, yeah, TV right. comedy writing. But then this was, it just needed, yeah, funny writing, but in right. a different format. And then, and then it was like, oh, this is great. You, you were around tomorrow as well. And it was quite good in the sense really I was is. going, oh, right. And Really and is then, that simple. And then from... And then from that, you it sort of snowballed. So I've done lots of them, but you, then well, that, you start that, to learn it more. That's a pretty lucky way in. People go to college and oh, I know, fucking study it and all that, know. you know, to try and get in at a low level. So like the way the advertising world works, if anyone out there, I mean, look, let me just say this: my my personal journey with advertising, I still at this point, I love I love it as an art form. I, it has existed in a, in a in a classic form. I still think old advertising is pretty cool. Seventies, eighties, sixties, fucking cool. But mm. then it it it's it cool because it's now harmless because it's not it's not still trying to sell you the thing because it's just an old thing. But when I was in the middle of it and you're dealing with the marketing sensibility, the thing that was difficult about it was how important everyone involved acted like it was like it mm. was really like like they they funny that we we started talking about high art there are people treating it like it is fucking high art and when mm. when uh people get to the end of a project and they've made like say like they've done a tv ad and everyone gets together company get all the beers out everyone's fucking backs patting each other and you see the ad and everyone's just like stunning new work and well done and Fucking millions and millions of pounds would have mm. take changed hands for something that's thirty seconds long. That's got, a, you know, you think about car ads, for example. Oh yeah. And you go, okay. Uh, however, however well they have uh, made yet another car ad that fits into the oeuvre of car ads. So it's like, well, thank God we did that right because it does. Well, there it is. It's a car ad, you know. <sighs> It's just something really strange about the fact that we already all know what a car ad is, and so the job really was just to sort of do another one of them, and then it, and there it is, and it's on the telly, and you might glance at it and go, uh, you might, you more than likely will sigh at it for trying to impress you in some way. But I do remember thinking, growing up, 
everyone used to say, oh, the the, ad, the ads are funnier than the, than the programs, aren't they? The, the, and I felt I do feel like there was a lot of funny ads. There were some genuinely mm. funny ads on telly when we were young. Yeah, definitely. One of my I like the one. Actually, no. What do I like? Yeah. There was what, one what I do remember. You like? <laughs> what do I like? I remember one where um, these people are at the side of the road and a long truck pulls up beside them, but it's ridiculously long. And it says on the side of the truck, um, not made from shredded wheat, but made from oat instead of Bix. Um, what? That's the name of oh, right. that's printed on the side of the truck. Oh, not so, made from shredded wheat, so but made from had, The truck had lorry, if you like, needed to be long because the phrase yes. was so long. Right. Right. And then the and then the truck pulls up and the driver I think he's pulled up a red light and the people are going, Oh, what's in what's in there? And the driver says, Oh, it's uh, not made from shredded wheat, but made from Otabix. And the woman just says, They should have called it Otabix. Oh yeah, which I I thought was a that's the name then of the product. So that is called. Everyone o- so the product is called. It is o- called. Just helps. It is called that. and everyone kind of goes, "Oh yeah, that's a good point." Like as in they've mucked it up. Yeah, that's. I remember quite that cute. just going like, yeah, and I just went, "Oh, mm. that's quite simple, like little, like you know, it was sort of fifteen seconds." There was a lot of funny went, beer oh, ads. There was a lot of funny beer ads. Back in the day. With characters mm. on them, returning characters. In fact, returning characters were a massive thing. And when you think about, and actually, people would have got more shit for being sellouts back then, because the alternative comedy scene was pretty, you know, militant, if you like. Mm. So you would get like, do you remember those two women? And they were called the Flaming Hamsters, mm. and they were really funny. And they did the Philadelphia ads. And it and it yes. became so everyone yeah. for years was going Philadelphia because there oh, was yeah. like the blonde sort of ditzy one and her eye roll dark dark haired friend they were they were they were very funny but they used to be on like Saturday Night Live and Friday Night Live with Ben Elton and all that and they were genuine <laughs> they were really good sketch uh, duo uh, and a lot of those people um, the t- do you remember the two guys that did the Carlin Black Label ads yeah but they were also in the young ones. That's right, and yeah. it's funny, now that I know the comedy world as we do, you think, um, oh, well, that's weird, those two blokes that were funny on their ads, you realise that they were probably for years jobbing, you know, being a double act round, round yeah. town, and 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 they did, they were ne- they never got their own show, and they were never massive, but they they were in The Young Ones as well. Um, yeah, what were they called then? I'm forget their names. They f- would have made a, again a load of money back then. It's but like Rick Mail called well. his um, uh, what was it? Rick Mail's penthouse he lived in in London. He called Nintendo Towers because he bought it with his money he got for in the nineties. He did a series of Super Nintendo ads. Oh yeah, and which he got tons. And yeah, so he people, people did used to get paid a fucking luxury rent. penthouse in I don't know freaking where it was Mayfair or something. Wow. Um, those, but just to interrupt, those two guys are called Mark Arden and Steve Frost. Steve Frost, that's the one I recognise. And I tell you what, yeah. I tell you what was of uh, um, just found the funniest ad they did was one 
They'd done loads of ads already, so they obviously trusted them too as the funny faces of their beer. And then they did one that was like Dam Busters. And the gag was like he was talking into the radio. Yeah. And it was like radio sound. And then he asked him a question. And even though he wasn't talking into the radio, his voice still sounded like radio. Like yeah. pilot radio. And it fucking hell, it was funny, that. Very, very funny. All the beer ads were funny. Griff Reese Jones in Holston Pills, he was funny. Yeah. So when I think about that, I can see why I thought, oh, I wouldn't mind doing that for a living. Because I wouldn't have looked at a sketch show on TV and thought it was fucking possible to get anywhere near doing that. Whereas at school, you knew that there was art, you knew that you could go to college, you knew you could learn design or whatever. So it felt like, although if I did that for a job, you might get to write some funny ads, which actually did happen, which I talked about a couple of episodes ago um, mm-hmm. with my friend Connor, who, who used to be my flatmate. And the way I met him is that I wrote an ad for a shelter that that was that had a punchline, and it was sort of funny. And that's how I met him, and now we, we've we've like worked together on that. But. Um, yeah, the yeah, I can see, I can see. I've never really thought about it that way. The comedy fan in me wanted to do advertising because it was a way of being a smart ass. Mm. But I think though yeah. that what's sad is, I think recently a lot of the comedy in ads has gone. Um, yeah, and I think <laughs> this might not be true, but I always attribute it to the moment Mister Muscle stopped becoming Mister Muscle. Oh uh, yeah. Because years ago, Mr. Muscle was thin, that being the joke. Yeah. And then at some point, someone said, but wouldn't yeah. it be better if he actually was muscular? Yeah. Uh, wouldn't. So it, he, uh, yeah, we don't want to look like we're, we're insulting people who aren't healthy. So uh, yeah, let's or, get this really ripped guy. Or, or certainly, yeah. So, well, it actually became a, um, a, like, a, like a Pixar, Mr. Incredible type thing. Uh, just so, shite. Absolute. So Mr. Muscle became like a huge buff superhero. And it was like, yeah, but then the, the, the irony's gone. And they oh, went, yeah, but because the they... irony doesn't matter because now it looks like, now he looks like he can take out Yeah, exactly. Things. Yeah, because we, we, we're worried that people think that our product is is weedy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, the product is strong. The weedy man can do the cleaning because your product is strong. It's fine. Yeah. But that, 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 it. I that, just... Without a doubt, when whenever that was changed, some poor fucker who th- who thought of the original funny idea would have been tearing their fucking hair out. Yeah. There would have been angry meetings, people arguing with people, walking out of their jobs, going home to their wives crying, saying, I've left the agency. Like, you know, like it gets really fucking heated over who's working on what account and which direction it should go in and whatever. Like, people... People get fucking. I mean, they people. Yeah. That's one thing I'll say about <clears throat> advertising. All my pals that still do it. Um, it's dead easy to sort of look at it and go, ah, fucking hell, you know, what's the point? It's only ever an ad and whatever. But in terms of a work culture, they are some of the hardest working fucking people. In terms of in you know within the media landscape, you know, it's not like digging the roads up, is it? Let's be honest. Mm. But. In terms of the hours that you're expect, if you work at an ad, an ad agency, especially if you're in creative, I don't, I wouldn't know what quite what it's like now, but it was basically 
you were lucky if you worked somewhere and they were okay about you leaving at six. Mm. Because there's an expectation in a lot of these places. Uh, some mates of mine worked at BBH, which is a really big one that made their name doing the classic Levi's ads in uh, in the 80s. So, like, to get a job there, it's like fucking, like, or Sarchi's or some of the bigger, bigger well-known agencies. Genuinely, you would you would be feel as if you're being picked by Man United and put in the team, mm. you know, like, and that that is no joke, you know, I'm not taking the piss out of that at all. It's like, there is a lot of agencies and a lot of clients and a lot of jobs out there. And if you land in one of the big ones and you get hired to work on one of these sort of like big blue chip accounts, you will get paid fucking well. But mm-hmm. it'll be like, people are like looking at their watch as you come in at nine o'clock and you go, well, this is what time they off it. This is what time we start. All right, yeah. so you're just playing. All right, so you're just you know, tr- just doing the bare minimum, are, are you? And then like at the end of the 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 work day, because every single whatever you're working on, the job in hand is crack that brief. And we really need something good because we need to win this account, or we need the client to be happy so they don't fuck us off and go to another agency mm-hmm. or whatever. As it, which which is what you do see play out in Mad Men. For anyone who's never watched it, uh, it's all very real. That that kind of like fuck, we really need to come up with something, and you could actually see it in Mad Men, whether it be Don Draper or uh, the, the character Peggy, who is fucking amazing, uh, really wanting to get it right. The expectation is you sit there at your fucking desk, and you sit there like at night, mm-hmm. thinking of stuff. As if you're, as if you were trying to win an election, you know, like people like lose like six months of their lives, like on an election campaign and stuff, don't yeah. they? <clears throat> but you look back, you think, how's that been allowed to be normal? A lot of my mates who do it, I do feel for them because they're, you know, they don't get to spend enough time with their fucking families. Mm. It's bonkers. And it it's, is nuts. That you know, fair enough. You're getting paid well, but. Then you go and look at, like, there's various other industries where people are paid a fucking fortune, but part of, like, you're contracted. It's like, uh, don't you fucking dare ask me to work one minute past six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And if you start trying to pull that shit on me, I walk. Like, fuck me, man. Like, I don't know. I, I like working hard when I'm into something. But I, I, I immediately I got into that industry, <laughs> quite obvious thinking about it now, and just looked around and went, oh my fucking God, these are all maniacs that, that think it, yeah. they want to be here I'm, till 10 at night. That's the thing. I was quite, I'm quite lucky in the sense that I've, I leave when I do it at six. And because my view is if they've got a problem with that, they'll tell me. And they never do. Yeah, I mean that. You, people, there's there's people an element just, of luck I there. I don't mind if they resent me. But there's also mean? there's also an element of because you're not one of them. They've hired a funny person in. Mm. Even yeah. even back in the day, like if a freelancer comes in, they you would know that the freelancers are going to go right. Cheers, everyone. Yeah, and they're going to leave, and everyone who works there's still going to be there. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's all really coming, making sense to me now. I sat there watching freelancers do that, and I went, uh, I "Why don't I fucking just go freelance?" Yeah, exactly. twenty-one years ago. 
That's it. And you have no rights. That's yeah. the other side of it. So or it's holiday like pay complain. or sick pay. You've got nothing. So, but that's mm. the whole point is that you just go bye. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So I'm, yeah. And I think increasingly they re- they rely on freelancers. So I wonder if that there has been a culture shift. I've not worked at enough places to see mm. that, but well, I've I seen know it. from my mates that obviously that generally speaking, they prefer to be hiring people uh, because it costs them less than mm-hmm. spunking money on freelancers. But anyway, this is getting boring. Yeah, this is the advertising episode. Well, you know, we we, we stumbled into something, I think. Uh, you know, working life, I think it is interesting. You know, pe- people out there, I'm sure all, all, all our listeners have got different types of careers. Mm. But it's fucking quite a strange thought, really, that I've gone all this time now, 21 years, with a handful of dodgy times and one serious disaster time i've got away with being a hired gun for 21 fucking years not not having the office the desk the job the boss the salary all that that normal stuff there's nothing wrong with it you know like it's it's quite strange have you ever have you ever had like a full-time job (laughs) why are you laughing at me they said that in a way of the expectation of not. <laughs> you ever had a full time job? Well, I've because well, no, I've known you fucking twelve, um, thirteen years when we've been basically confused comedy writers. So, well, know. actually, no, no. Well, I tell you what, my officially, my last full time job was, yeah, about fifteen years ago. What was it? That was I was an assistant to a film director. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah. Oh, what's this again? Is it? Go yeah. on, well, tell everyone who it is. It was the, the film director, Ken Loach. Ken Loach. I was his PA for about two years. About eight, eight, yeah, 18 months, two years. Tell us and, about uh, that. I'll, I'll be honest, I love taking was, the piss out of you and being mean, but that's a proper thing. Like Ken Loach is fucking great. And as a, as well, a, yeah, as a northerner really... and a socialist, or, you know, a, not a champagne socialist, but you know, whatever, a fucking craft beer socialist. Mm. Um, I really fucking admire his work. Tell us about that. Well, it was a strange job because I was so young and stupid. I was rubbish. Yeah. When I left the job, the people said to me, you were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice. No, but they and I laughed with them. They knew. They knew I knew that I was bad. I was a bad PA for him. And funnily enough, what was brilliant was when I left... don't strike me as a PA. I don't want to be rude. Well, this was the thing. So when I left, the person they got uh, to replace me was a lovely, um, I believe like a sort of 40-something lady (laughs) who was exactly what he needed. Right. Which was... Whereas I was a 24-year-old sort of... Yeah, I didn't really care. I, I was sort of here, but, you know, this is just a stepping stone in my mind. And I wasn't really... He needed a kind of traditional uh, lady who who printed out his letters and then showed him all his letters and then he'd sign his letters. I was just... Uh, I was terrible. Um, hmm. And uh, what did I do? The, ugh, yeah, the only thing... Was the cool parts is I went to Cannes when he won the Palm Door, don't we? Which know was it? quite of that was amazing. Don't we uh, know it? How many times do I have to go through this? 
what this story. <laughs> no, you just like you always you that picture of you in on the red carpet in a tux. Oh, that that's oh god, I need to change that. Sick that's actually from it. that's from five years ago. That's when he. That's oh, when I went again. Oh, here we go. go and on. um, and he won it again. So sorry, everyone. So sorry. That's when I saw them. Sorry, he won what? He won the Palm Door a second time. Whenever I've gone to Cannes, Ken Loach has won the Palm Door. So you're now, his I'm luck, not lucky saying, charm. Yeah, I'm just basically, yeah. I'm only, I'm only he, pissing about. I mean, he, what, what was he like? Tell us about what he was like. Just say something. This is the thing. He's very... Um, he's a brilliant director. I only saw him briefly work on set. You can just see, wow, the way he talks to actors. But really? we had... Again, I don't think he'll ever hear this, or no one knowing him will know this. We just had, we just had nothing in common. Oh God! Um, and so we were. I, I honestly don't really think I had a conversation with him. Oh God! I think actually early on he asked me, "Did you see the football?" Oh, and I said no. No. And then that just nu- that. You know that nuked that. And then after that, it was sort of, I just showed him. Oh, you've had this through Ken, and he was like, "Oh, okay." And then there was there was nothing else. Nothing. Oh, that's was not nothing. what I wanted this story to be. What did you want it to be? Cool anecdotes. Well, I, I thought it was going to be like, you know, like you and Mister Miyagi for two years. This is shit. What him teaching me things? Well, yeah, just been like, yeah, it was inspiring, and then this happened, and no, it was it, it, no, it was it won't. he 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 gave me a, a copy of Das Kapital in. In uh, wrapped in brown paper with a card in it, and I opened the card, and he said something to me I've never forgotten. And but nothing, it's just you mishandling I, admin. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Basically, I had no, I had no connection. And the thing is, even politically, uh, we weren't that aligned. What? Well, you, you, because, to be fair, you, you are a Labour guy, aren't you? Yeah, but not. I wasn't as. Left as Ken. Yeah, he is. He is left. And and so and so, I, I sort of ended up kind of nodding along, lying about things. What sort of things did you lie about? Like, well, just like my opinion of yeah, like you know, yeah, Tony Blair. Right, he Go on. viewed him as like the devil, like a war and criminal. I didn't a war criminal, which was like yeah, the, the, a war criminal. And I'd kind of go yeah. Mm, there's war criminals, but, but, and then there's. There's there's real war criminals. Yeah, yeah that's, I, I was that, that's of, a weird one. Yeah, I, I was just going. Yeah, yeah, you're right, but but I don't know. And um, uh, uh, the the one cool thing mm. was one time the phone rang. I was the only one in the office, and the phone rang, and yeah. uh, a guy said, uh, "Hello, can I speak to uh, Alistair Griggs's office, please?" American accent, everyone. Yeah, and I said, "Things up here." And I said, and then I went, um, just one moment, please. Lovely, and lovely anecdote. Put, put the hand away from my, put the phone away from my mouth for about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then said, Alistair Griggs speaking. She like, changed my voice. And it was, Alistair, thanks so much for taking my call. Um, right. My name's Gary. I'm calling from Will Smith's office. Uh, and Some bloke called Gary. Yeah, yeah Will, Will would love to have a, chat with uh, Ken he's in London next week uh, we would love to discuss projects with him and then I said oh, the thing is Gary um, 
I just don't think he'll ever work with Will Smith. <laughs> you say on his behalf, he does. I can imagine when you're doing this, you're on a, like a swivel chair with your feet on the desk, kind of, uh, you know, ro amazing. rolling a Malteser between your thumb and your forefinger, <laughs> flicking it in the air and catching it. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just said, uh, I just don't think it, who, who he gave, would. What right did you have? I know, I think I overstepped the mark with that one. Just a bit. I don't think a they major international film star. It might, yeah, that would have been funny. I, I don't. I mean, I don't. Did you tell him? No. What? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is fucking amazing. Oh, thank you. The 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 the, the grenade has gone off finally oh, on this episode. Yeah. Unbelievable. You mm, you fielded a call yeah, from from a major film star. Phoning. Yeah, I've realised that I've, I've said this now, haven't I? Yeah, you have said I this did. now. I have, um, but I honestly, I don't think, I don't think it would have worked out between. Give Ken it a miss, Will. mate. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, who is this? I'm talking to. Is this the? Uh, well, he was shocked. The, uh, he did. It... I remember him. I remember he said, "Oh, okay. Well, uh, said, yeah, who am but... I talking to here? Is this the? Uh, is this the uh, creative director of uh, Ken's company?" Uh, uh, y y yes, yes, no, yes. This yeah. is the <clears throat> This is the creative director of Ken's company, and I don't think it's in, in my considered view that <laughs> that 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 Will Smith should ever phone this number ever again, Gary. Oh no! What have you done? I don't know if I. Oh. Did I say? Yeah, go on. I, I might have said that Ken was busy. Which he would have been at the time. If I'm answering, I'm, I'm thinking um, back. Look, I, I've never been a PA, but I'm going to take a little stab in the dark about what the job entails. And I would have imagined that the job is to take that call, yeah, simply record that that call has happened, and then let the man know who you work for. Yes, that, but you have to. But then I, but you have to understand, I just wasn't a very good PA. Well, no shit. I mean, what did this, you think the job was? I don't know. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I didn't realise it was that bad. It was, yeah. Right, it wasn't very good. Right, okay, this is amazing. What I want to think about now is... <laughs> this is so fucking good. What movie do you reckon had you said, oh, right, yeah, well, let, let me just... Uh, what have you got in mind? Like, you know, let me just get a, pa a pad... And, and a pen, like, has, has Will got any thoughts? Mm. Like, hey, well, listen, Alistair, um, Will, Will, basically what this becomes is, like, the famous comic strip presents. Uh, so, like, all the guys yeah, from the Young it, Ones and all the rest of it were called the comic strip for uh, any anyone who's not as old as me. Uh, the um, Rick Mail, Aid Edmondson, Peter Richardson, all those people, French and Saunders, fucking big gang of them made a load of spoofs in the 80s. And one of the spoofs is called Strike. And it's my favourite one by a million miles. It's a perfect hour of comedy. It's fucking hilarious. It still stands up. It's really funny. And the conceit of that comedy was a Nor a Welsh a Welsh or, or northern uh, minor socialist, like totally mm. up Ken, Ken Loach Street, goes through the minor strike, writes a film about the story of Arthur Scargill and and then makes a gritty British film about it. But what happens mm. is the Americans get hold of it 
and then they they get Al Pacino in to play Arthur Scargill, uh, which is Peter Richardson, and then um, um, Jennifer Saunders plays Meryl Streep playing Arthur Scargill's wife, <laughs> and uh, you the, the the hours comedy is all about watching this writer just completely losing faith with humanity as the Hollywood machine gets hold of his gritty northern socialist story. I would imagine that Will Smith Will Smith doing Ken Loach, fuck me. What do you reckon would have happened? Well it would probably be, yeah, exactly some sort of science fiction allegory for like the evils of capitalism of something. Yeah. The fresh the you fresh know, it, it the, fresh, be, yeah. the fresh prince of Bradford it would be like, yeah, robots are okay. So listen, or uh, Mr. Mr. Loach, I really love the message in your in your movies, uh, and uh, you know, I realize they're low budget and gritty, but we can change all that. And I'd really love to do a a you know a love letter to to the low paid worker uh, by. Uh, having a movie where I play six different androids uh, that uh, they're trying to save the world uh, you know and the yeah. unemployment on this uh, on the planet <laughs> imagine <laughs> oh and they form God. a party of uh, comrades the comrade program so, or something so it's called yeah. well, comrade this is why X it, says it wasn't, it wasn't going to work well I mean, I it wasn't hear. your place to say that it wasn't going to work you, How old were you? I had um, 24. Actually, 23. I, pff, or, I, I'm yeah. sorry, but I don't think at that age you should have had the common fucking sense to at least pass the message on. But I think I... Did yeah. you write it but down? Then I, but I, as I said, I just wasn't... I'd, I'd always did you write it down? Did no, you, I didn't. You didn't even didn't. write it down. That, no, I don't think I did. Yeah, but I didn't write down a lot of things. <laughs> Tell me some more things you didn't write down. Oh, there are <laughs> numerous. There are numerous film festivals around the world who oh, never God. got oh, their God. invite. Oh no, to Ken. They never got to Ken. Because, they never got to Ken because of you. Because of me. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. You've never told this story like this before. You've always gone, yeah, it's just so amazing being around. No, what, I never said it was it, amazing. I'd say, whatever I it is that, that Ken I'd does. Say that, I'd say that I'd said that all it was good for was um, occasionally women. Oh, God. Would, 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 um, just, not just be careful it. where you're taking it. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. It was, I was always impressed with the fact that, um, you know, it would always sort of open doors. What not like it would. They'd just be legs, like, a, you oh mean. wow, do that's you mean amazing. Legs? Yeah, well, yeah, what? no, but I never used it like that. Oh, it was always, God, it was always. Is... No, but it was only in Cannes. That was only in Cannes. So and basically, once... you wandered around Cannes in your tuxedo, saying, "Yeah, I actually work with Ken Loach." No, only in order, if in order asked. to impress girls. No, only if they asked. I only said they said, and well, all the one... while. Little did did you any of these women? Did you actually say to them, "Yeah, uh, I'm basically just a person in a room, not doing any of the jobs that a PA is supposed to do." Uh, for some for of Ken jobs. Loach, who I have nothing in common with. <laughs> this is disgusting. I um, 
Yeah, I was right to leave. I think you left. I left. Jesus um, Christ! I left, but I think I think I would have been let go fairly soon afterwards. I think they wanted me to go, and I think when I've ever gone back there, it's been quite friendly, making jokes as I said about the fact that I was a terrible PA. And um, have you ever told them about the Will Smith? <clears throat> no. Oh my God! I want to. Yeah, I'm going to get that to him somehow. But I don't think. I don't think they'd mind. I think they'd actually understand. Or, well, I don't know, maybe not. It's just hilarious. I did, um, young, I did, I met young um, arrogant Griggs is going, I don't think that's going to work, do you, mate? And then just putting the phone down and carrying on. <laughs> what would you have been doing? That you, If you weren't doing your job, what were you doing when you were wasting time? Be honest. Looking at the, just looking at the inside. <laughs> just looking at the early internet. And then I would have left, and that was it. Because I remember it was it was like late on a Friday night, and then I locked up and then went out. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I wasn't very good. As I said, lots of film festivals, because he was inundated with invitations to everything. And so you got to a point, though, where you couldn't keep up with it. So you just, well, you I just not... You could have yeah, written it exactly. down. Have you, ever heard, of, have you ever heard of something called a list? Yeah, but You I can was, write them as long as you want. But the thing was, if I <laughs> if I gave him the stuff, what I learned actually was that he'd he'd try and go to things, and it was actually, and then and then if he'd go to these things around mm. the world, yeah. I'd have to then create his like itinerary and his travel and stuff. So yeah. it was actually in my interests for him not to get. Well, oh, for fuck's sake! You were just trying to, right? Like basically go. Oh, yeah, that that's. Oh, I don't know if I fancy that. Just, just basically changing the fabric of culture with with one with one sort of dis, out of place dismissal. We might have we might have been missing like the great the great movie that made like yeah. conservative America <clears throat> more sympathetic to the oh. idea of of a. Uh, you know health, the idea that universal healthcare. That, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I prevented <laughs> it because <laughs> there's an alternate reality. Yeah, there's where, a... well, it's funny enough. You're right because they say that that film Ken made a film back in the '60s called Kathy Come Home. Yeah, which they attribute to um, uh, the rise of shelter, wasn't that? And it, it helped homelessness right. well, massively. So of, you're right. Of, so um, sin, uh, what do you call it? Um, sin, not synergy. What's the one where things come back round? Doesn't matter. Because as I was well, saying before, the ad the ad that I first did where I met Connor was for shelter. So, there you are. So, so this, this is all, all about me. So yeah, this is all about you. But you're Very right. Maybe clever. there was an alternate, um, a Will Smith film, which yeah created universal healthcare, which never happened because I, mm. I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah, oh, oh. But I was really bad. Yeah, well, you've, we've made that clear. I want to know why you were really bad. Because my, I just, I just didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know. I didn't know how to do it. How did you get the fucking job? Well, I worked at a TV company, and I wanted to leave. Um, and the, my producer, his oh, girlfriend, was Ken's assistant, and she wanted to leave. Oh, and also, um, nepotism. Keep going. Yeah, it was like that. And so then she left, and then I went to meet them. Mm. And but then, 
But, but then, didn't they, they say, right, so uh, what experience have you got of doing anything at all? And you were like, uh, I mean, I can't, Im- I can't imagine you even pretending that you know what to do. So I just don't understand. It's on them, but if I I'm think, honest. Uh, but right, I'm but, angry at yeah, them yeah. more than you because yeah, they yeah, hired yeah. Yeah, a I'm fucking angry at them idiot. As well. I'm angry at them for hiring me. <laughs> They should never, never have done that. that was... None of this should have happened. Yeah, well, they that's the thing. They learnt the lesson. And then when I left and they hired, they realised what they needed, which was like a very sweet lady who was very diligent. And uh, they never went... They never hired a young person again. Yeah, fucking And hell. that was it. Um, Amazing. But that was my... That was funny enough going that back to... That was Gump? like my last... My last job. <laughs> my last job. Um, well, that was that was a so wonderful. Was like, we stumbled into that. That's blighted I, culture. This is what I love about podcast, and this is what I love about GSOH. And I think, like when you and I chat, I don't think we'd ever run out of. It's just you know you start you start off talking about something, it sparks a memory. And even if you don't realise it's a story, once you start chatting, you realise there is a fucking funny story coming out. That's fucking great. Mm. Uh, I'm appalled at you, but at the same time, I'm grateful to you because I feel like we uh, we were treading water a bit around the uh, 20-odd minute mark, 30-minute mark, and yeah. then we found out that you, you know, fucking played God with, with uh, British cinema. Well, a world cinema, really. With world cinema. Because that would have made millions of dollars, that film. You like the idea of being uh, a god- godlike, don't you? Yeah. Power. <clears throat> Who would you like yeah. to have dominion over? Animals or humans? Oh. Gosh, that's so hard. I don't... Probably... I, I wouldn't want to be... I'd probably say animals. Just so that... But we, I, well, yeah, we well, spoke about well, this recently. How would this go? Well, because we were mentioned, I think, about um, my view of horses. Oh, right. Go on. Yeah, where I don't... Because um, you said to me, the horse has been um, fantastic at creating our culture, like empires. Ah, yeah. Empires were built with horses. Yeah. And my view is that I agree with you, but I just think they've had their time. <laughs> what? When? Yeah. We. How did we get onto horses? Was this? Was I that? I don't on, know. It was. Was that it, in between? Was that? Yeah. We were texting. And I. Uh, maybe I was just being dicking about and calling you like a. And I. Yeah. I just. I just said I don't really see. Oh, the point I, I know horses. what it was like. So I was. I was. I was doing my being mean and insulting you. Yeah. And I basically said something about a horse, and you. You came out very bitterly against horses, and I point. And then I had never thought this before, but because your attitude to the horse was so arrogant, I actually thought, you know, you know, a, a horse. The horses, like they've done more for human beings than you will fucking ever do in your life. Like the things that horses have helped make possible for humanity. In the time where they were effectively vehicles and or like yes, but that's the point, isn't it? They they were they're good they were good for pulling things, and now we have 
cars look what do horses do now that we, well we just what race do they them. do now what do they do well, they, now? They're, well, just they're just raced there. they're just raced well, I, don't, I don't like all that i've got to admit but that's not no, their, I know. that's not it's their terrible, fault but... that's not noble that is that's abuse that's to me i'm not a big animal rights person but if i think about it in this context i think horse racing it's like give them a fucking break yeah if they can have well, a run like when they fucking feel like it not at th- exactly three o'clock at Doncaster, <laughs> yeah. and you've got to go there in a fucking little thing in a you know just like where are we going? We're going to Doncaster. Oh God, what uh, are we? Uh, oh, is that little bloke gonna? Oh, he's gonna be on me yeah. again. Yeah. Is this this? Oh, three o'clock. How come what, ev- nearly everyone here is Irish? What's that? Just That's just, just shut up and get in your box. Rubbish of sports as well. I mean, yeah, I to don't, combine I don't all like, of that. I'm not a fan of racing. But, it's exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. Betting but the, on something's exciting. Go on, what's it? You're trying to make a point. Go on. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that they... That's the thing, that they're just now... They're just raced. No, even that's bad. But it's like... It's like um, they're all standing around and people are going, well, what do we do with them? What do you because think? Because Yeah, exactly. Their yeah. function has they been usurped. stand there, don't they? Yeah. They don't do, they don't do like, milk or meat or anything. No, any of that. I mean, no. I know the French eat them. But, and obviously we found out a few years ago that we'd all been eating them in frozen lasagnas by accident. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel a bit for horses. I think they're, if you just actually look at a horse or have a chat with one who's just stood, like, because I've got my office on a farm, there is a horse who just stands there, he looks in the window of this house, just watches the telly through the window. Mm. (laughs) And he always comes over and says hello, and I always think, I used to be a bit scared of going near a horse, but I think fucking actually brilliant animals when you look at them as a, you know, yeah, to be no, near a creature understand. and feel that it's got a soul and it's got eyes and it's breathing mm. and, and all that. But, um, yeah, I think it's a bit harsh saying, right, well, their time is gone. It's no, not their I mean, fault, that, is it? Yeah, no, it's, it's that simply technology. They've just They've just been, they're just no longer They've been approved, improved relevant. upon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're not going to have evolve. they, right? So here, here's a question. Even though you've got the animal rights out, uh, angle, which I do respect, hmm. wouldn't we be better off organically and in terms of environmental if we went, well, why don't we fuck cars off and go back to horses? We can still have horses and carts. We can still have roads. The, the, the roads and the conditions and the carts and all the rest of it would be better equipped be warmer you could still have like a stereo but and it'd be like going up to you know it'd take longer to get to like you know like people used to travel across the country in a however long it took you know a few days to get from here to scotland or whatever i think that'd be a brilliant way to travel by horse yeah and it's I better the for the environment isn't it? it i just think it's going to be a lot of effort you don't, have, you don't have to be the the horseman or whatever he's called with the whip. Like you know, a man with a top hat is sat outside driving them. You are just sat in in your horse taxi. Yeah, but What's I'll just be that? thinking the whole time. I wish we took the car. We, we've we've finished with cars now, Alistair. Oh, well, that's and, and crazy for, for that. No, it isn't crazy. We've got about 15 years left before Armageddon. 
Yeah, but the car. When are you going to wake I mean, up? You can't. When are you going to wake up to the reality of environmental disaster that is fucking <laughs> hurtling towards us? Do you I'm, just think I, it's not going to touch you? Do I you... don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. I just, maybe it will. Oh God! I, I, I don't, I don't think about it. Well done. Well, well <laughs> oh, oh well, well done. Do you recycle? Yes. Why? Because it's good. Why is it good? Well, it helps the environment. Oh, but God I, I almighty, don't. Almighty, this is like. But trying to put a fucking Betamax video in a VHS and get it to play. What is going on here? So you you, you know that it's important that yeah. that, that we stop the catastrophe that is lapping at our toes. Yeah, and yet you I won't do. even. You won't even. I, I'd, I'd quite. I'd get rid of cars, no problem. I actually think that car driving is mental. It just feels um, unsafe nearly all the time. It's a stupid idea. No. No individual to... vehicles. You get in it on your own. To go down this road with all these people around you, at any moment, any one of them could just kill all of you. It does my fucking head in. I don't like it. You've mentioned this before about driving, but I, yeah. I, look, I know, I know what you mean, but I just think that. I think the car has had its time. There you go, there you go. Oh, no. The car has had its time. That you know, all right. I get what you're saying about no. horses, and you know we we improved upon it. And then we go, well, this is better. But th the thing that we replaced it with is pr proving to be a massive problem that causes pollution. So what next? Do you think you're not just going to stop at the car? Now what? Mm. Jetpacks? Oh, that would be amazing. I'd love a bit of jetpack. <laughs> a nuclear-powered jet, nuclear jetpack. That's That's... If we could all just make peace with nuclear power and somehow harness that without it meaning that we're now at more risk of nuclear warfare, then I think we could see an amazing technological leap. Yeah. But at the moment, I so do good. think the current travel, our, our attitude to travel... Like what? Here's, here's a good example, right? Recently, I saw an article saying... There's a lot of money going into bringing back fucking airships for for like say cross country type journeys like London to Manchester in a fucking massive blimp but they've they've <laughs> refined the technology. You you google that and tell I'm telling you it's literally a thing that's that's going to be coming because it's low carbon. Yeah. They are really cool as well, don't they? Fucking cool, man. And we've all got that image in our head of the Hindenburg blowing up. Yeah. It's like, all right, so that's one accident. <laughs> one accident. And everyone went, oh, we fuck, we better not do that anymore. But there's been, there's car crashes all the fucking time. The Hindenburg only blew up, though, because it was, had flammable paint on it. Oh, not because now, of now, it, now, now you tell me. Yeah, that's a fact. I only learned that recently. And, um,. It turns out, if when you read the story of how that came to pass, is um, 
someone phoned the office of uh, of the Hindenburg airship company on the day to say there's been a bit of a mix up with the paint but <laughs> but but a man called Albert Griggs was the PA at the time <laughs> <laughs> and he just went oh yeah it probably doesn't matter mate I'm I'm anyway listen I'm going for a pint now don't worry about it and he didn't write it down and that is your granddad <laughs> who basically oh. just like you altered the course of history for the worse <laughs> that's that's the, the fucking the lineage that you're from has just made everything worse every generation actually that make that's quite a good idea for a story isn't it or a series yeah a lineage of uh I mean, I'm saying that as if that's not Blackadder, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, I've... What is a man's contribution to the earth, to the world? It's just, I've just made things worse. I like, I just like the idea so, of a long line of people who have, who share a trait that throughout history has... I think maybe we should work on that as an idea. I think it's quite funny. It's quite good. The flammable paint, Albert Griggs. I'm sorry on behalf of my great-grandfather... He just couldn't be bothered. To be fair, when you think about Blackadder, the true... It was genius. But actually, the true genius of Blackadder is the fact that instead of you just thinking, oh, well, what's he going to do next time? It was literally in another era. Mm. And the Blackadder gene had passed to the next one. That's it. It's Fucking really original. That. I never really gave that the credit it deserved as... as, as that yeah. part of the I fucking loved Blackadder as a kid. I've yeah. never watched it since. You know, it's it's definitely one of the nerdy sitcoms, isn't it? Yes. Oh yeah, but it's very good. Yeah, it's um it's a clever sitcom, a clever man sitcom. Favorite of. favorite series? Um, what comedy? No, fucking Blackadder. Which which of the oh, of the four? Right, sorry. Um, I think three. Which Three's is the, the Prince Regent, one. right? Yeah, yeah. Really? That felt that like when very, it was very really strong. in its... Yeah, it's, the, it's... Yeah, yeah, it's red hot. I personally... I've got the warmest memories of um, Blackadder 2. Mm-hmm. I just think the time that they were in there and the squalor... Yeah. The simplicity <clears throat> of the life really, really made it work. But that was a brilliant place to go after that, is to, to put him in luxury. But he couldn't enjoy it because he's alongside an idiot. Mm -hmm. It's fucking genius, isn't it? Tell yeah. you what, it's fucking not easy thinking of good sitcoms. I'll tell you now, guys. You're very welcome to... Uh, I don't want to, like drag your name through the mud Alistair but google either of us and look at our you know things come up comedy guide ID, IMDB whatever you see all sorts of uh, won't point any out but there's some crap we've worked on and there's some, <laughs> some good crimes. stuff and there's some good yeah. stuff you've worked on and it's all it's all fair game but it's uh, yeah. not 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 having ended up with a classic sitcom is I've not really, 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 really pitched loads of them, but at the same time, there's a bit of you that just goes, fuck me, it's fucking hard to come up with a with one that really, really works. Yeah. 
a lot. It's why a lot of them are short lived, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they just don't work, or they yeah, they just just don't have the kind of magic. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like home, like you know where you are. What mm-hmm. is your favourite sitcom? Um, I'd probably say Peep Show. Wow, right, yeah, great. Actually, because it was quite... I mean, look, the thing is, you might say something a bit older. It's just What's because that when that was in its whoa, prime... Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, no, well, you know what it means. Um, okay. Sorry. We'll talk about this afterwards. <laughs> okay. okay. In its prime, it was yeah. about, I don't know, 2004, and I guess that's when I was sort of going, oh, mm. in my mind I was going, oh, look at this thing, I'd like to maybe do this. Yeah, yeah. And it and was sort of... Yeah. <laughs> how old are you now? Um, how old am I? How old are you I'm, now? I'm 39. Oh, I'm, you I'm 40 you? in, a, in about three months. Oh, are you having a 40th? Yeah, probably. Oh, God, this is... Oh. Right, let's carry on with the sitcom and then we'll go on to your 40th. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. um, you're watching Peep Show and you thought, oh, that's what I want to do. It, it was just very... Um, clever and all the kind of jokes of the situations were things I could really get in my head and the two characters felt like they were speaking for me I know that Mm. sounds like as an "Mm, that's just a thing but it was it felt like it wasn't it wasn't done down at all yeah yeah it really was like oh my god to me the young ones was the thing that felt like it was for us yeah and it's your thing and you go in and you know all the bits and you say it to your mate if you've got another mate who loves it you're like now a club because you both get that thing. Yeah, it was very, very strong, Peep Show. I've, got, a, I've got an appalling... <laughs> no, no, not yet. Okay. I've got an appalling track record of not what... Like, from about 2004 onwards, probably when I started writing comedy, I found it really difficult to keep up and watch everything I should keep that, that everything I should watch I've always I've watched bits of everything but I just fucking there's not that you know I've got a shameful record of not being across various mm. fucking sitcoms that are great but um Sam and Jesse peep show they were that they were the people nearest us who were the ones who were nailing it and they were like mm. you know like the, the uh the captains of the team British yeah. comedy for a good decade, weren't they? And now, fucking yeah. hell, both of them doing really well. But you know, especially Jesse at the moment with oh, Succession. No, yeah. I mean, what that's inspiring watching someone go from maybe like oh, two two floors above you doing Peep Show, yeah, because you might be working on something and Mitchell and Webb and things like that, and they'd write on that. So you you feel like that's touching distance, and you see those people do Peep Show, and you go right. So you start to understand how you can graduate through the ranks of comedy, but then you watch Succession, yeah, and uh, obviously it'll be uh, staffed with people that can join all the dots and make that business world work. But like I'm, I'm in awe of of how the same person who writes Peep Show is writing that stuff about that world so fucking convincingly. Mm. It's a fucking hell of a show that, isn't yeah. It? That's amazing, yeah. The fact, yeah, he was two floors above, but now it's like he's in a different building. <laughs> it's yeah, that is. It's a leap. little bit like I'm trying to think of another another example where I've always I've had certain things and people over the years that I've watched in comedy or or just anywhere in films, ideas, 
fucking books, whatever, and gone, oh, that's interesting. I feel like I, uh, I'd be comfortable playing in that field. Mm. But then you, there are other things that you get inspired by and you just think, there's not one bit of me is going to pretend that uh, that I could survive in that writing room. You know, I would just be desperately aware that I don't really know the world. Yeah. Fucking hell. You're going, oh. It's like if you got hired on, I don't know, I don't want to do myself out of any jobs, but when you think of they made like the thick of it, Mm-hmm. That's probably that at a push, at a push. You could have gone. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, you know, the, the the what's the character called who the the um, Doctor Who bloke played? What's he called? Who? You know who I mean. The one who played the shouty, sweary. Oh, um, PR spin doctor guy, Malcolm. Malcolm what? Tucker. Malcolm, Malcolm Tucker. Tucker. There you go. Yeah. We got there in the end. You know, if someone said, all right, we're doing a punch-up of the script, we just need some really fucking brash, horrible language for this one character, yeah. I'd uh, be oh, what about... Uh, he'd be shouting things out. But then when they go, right, so now we're, we're doing a scene about... Um, I can't even fucking... Like, I can't even pull up a rough example of, of a, yeah, a political like a com- Common select committee yeah. questioning oh, there or something. You go. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 he said it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, like, without a doubt, it's like you go, right, okay, so I'm not going to have a chip on my shoulder about it, but the Oxbridge types, mm. they've 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 been, had that language beaten into them from the age of about nine, um, and, it, and it shows when those people write the, uh, the serious stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway... I've clapped, but you know what? I don't even know if I can be bothered editing today. No offence, everyone, but it's freezing cold. Um, And actually, I will make a little edit point here. I'm just going to stop for a sec. Um, Right, so. I hope, yeah, that was was a good little chat, that. I hope it's, I hope, I hope... uh, we all feel like we've learnt something from somewhere. But before we finish, I'm going to go back to something very interesting that was mentioned a few minutes ago, which is that Alistair is going to be 40 years old, aren't you, little Alistair? Yes. When When is this? February 24th. Oh, dear. February the 24th. I'm afraid I'm doing something on February the 24th. I'm afraid your birthday's going to have to be on the 25th this year. And we'll do something very special. But don't don't you fucking dare do anything on the 24th without me. Okay. You, don't, you don't acknowledge it. You don't open any cards. You don't open your presents. You don't you don't get you don't go for a meal with Helen. I'm coming this time. Last time you didn't answer my calls. You wouldn't tell me where the meal was. This time you tell me where it is or or I walk and this is over. Is that what you okay. want? Is no. that what you want? You don't want me to walk. No. What do you what do you want? Um just like you to be there. You want me to be there. I want to be there. Helen can be there. If she wears the dress that I've sent, I've still not seen a picture of her in. 
Does it? What's wrong? Does she not like it, or does it not fit, or what's happening? I just think she might feel a bit uncomfortable. Why? What's or it? I, I probably what, do because it's like scratchy material. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Or do you mean uncomfortable being told what to wear? Well, no, of course not. But um, well, then why? Why is she being like this? Well, I'll, what, I'll, for I'll one photograph, her. I'll tell her. I just want one photograph of her wearing it and the trainers that I sent her. Okay. Just, just to know that I'll the, 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 the birthday photo. outfit's ready. Look, this is very. This is a special birthday, Alistair. You're going to be forty. <laughs> I want this to go exactly like I want. You've, have you booked the table? No. At the curry house. Have you booked the table? I We're going to get absolutely drunk all day from eleven in the morning, and then the curry is. At, I want it at eleven o'clock at night. No food in between, because that's cheating. I want Helen in her dress and her new trainers. I've got a few people popping in. I'm bringing my guitar. I'm going to do all the music. I'll do all the music. I've already got that sorted out. I've done, I've got some really, I've done like a load of comedy about you. I've done like a really insulting. Yeah. Like a, basically like a musical, like an opera. Right. A, a sort of musical opera about what an idiot you are. And like mm -hmm. through different ages, you know, when Alistair was one, he shat his little pants and all that. So I've been like emailing your mum and dad and Helen and all the, all like different people who've worked with you. And we're just trying to get everyone's bits. Like they're all doing like little bits on the video and, and it's just going to be, you're going to love it. It was going to be a surprise, but I think it works better if, if you're already hating it now. Yeah, building up to the day. Yeah, sort of like a roast, but without a, any of the kind of uh, affection. Just awful, horrible. rotten three-hour video. Yeah, like uh, after like hours of everyone drinking, and everyone just fucking laughing at you, uh, and you being like, "I'm really hungry. Like maybe we should at least have some crisps. Like I've been sick. I've been sick. Can we? Can I have some crisps yet?" And everyone's like. Just going, yeah, you can have some crisps, and then opening them and just like pouring them on the floor and then stamping on them, and everyone shouting, crisps, 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 and then putting your head on the floor and rubbing your rubbing your head in it, going, come on, you're, it's only the birthday bumps, Alistair. Why are you who being are these people why are you who being are doing such a, this? All, all my mates who are, who, are, who are coming and all the Patreon people, oh, everyone's paying, they're all paying. Yeah. But I'm getting, basically, I'm making money out of it, right? I'm making a few quid okay, out of this. Right, well, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm making a few quid out of this. Uh, it's 15 quid a ticket. Um, <laughs> everyone, you know, there's a little bit of... Uh, so I owe you 15 quid. Yeah, you're, you're, no, you, 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 your mum and your mum's agreed to pay for it all. Right. And uh, that's coming out of your present fund. Okay. But uh, one of the things I'm doing, because, um, you know, there's going to be, there's quite a few Larry sort of lads that I used to be mates with back in Manchester who are older than me who are all um, like lorry drivers and you know car valeters and stuff like that now not this is not my idea but they think it would be good to have lap dancers at the thing right now I've said right just do it discreetly we'll have like one bit in the corner but like still still like fine to have family there and kids and all that but definitely, there's going to be um, three three lap dancers from Blackpool there. And again, to be fair, because 
you know, I'm, I don't want to like, I don't want it to come out of my costs. So if you could pay for that, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, basically a, uh, an 18 hour sesh followed by a curry and um, <sighs> hopefully have a little, Happy uh, 40th. little birthday kiss with Helen. Yeah. That'd be nice, well, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. We could play past the kisses. Right. Okay. I can't play. <laughs> what are you? What are you really going to do? Um, I was just thinking of having a meal. <laughs> what on I your own? Know. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm not even thought of it. I ne- I rarely celebrate them anyway. This I've... no, and that's not acceptable this time, Alistair. Yeah. We are but definitely if... doing. I think we should make it into content. I should do something for your fortieth. That is my attempt at it being special, but that you haven't got the moral fibre to appreciate properly, just so that I can be angry. Would you are you up for that? Yeah, I'll take you. I'll take you somewhere. What about that restaurant where it's blind? It's in the dark and it's all blind oh, people. Oh, God's sake! Imagine no. that. <laughs> is that what you're not? You don't want that to happen. I don't it, want that. You don't want that, but would you I insult want, me? I don't want to ever go there. Well, if that's too late now because I've booked it, that's where we're going. I don't want Isn't it called Cafe La Nuit or it's oh, called that's just rubbish? Why is it rubbed up? What? How dare you insult my birthday present? <laughs> you know now right. that this. You know now that this is going to happen, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Alistair, there's something for you to look forward to. Yeah. Your lovely present. I'll make sure that everyone you know is there, but you won't be able to see any of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a special prize for you. Okay. Well, I'm glad we've agreed that that's a good idea. I am now going to end this podcast for the simple reason that uh, I have nothing further to say to you and we okay. have now talked long enough to justify I reckon quite a strong episode now what do Good, you think? yeah, because it was a bit weak I'm glad if people stuck around it was a bit weak to begin with but we got there I don't think it was that bad but we well, well it was informative it, but I think if bit, they want to bit, kind of, it got a bit work chatty didn't it if, if they want comedy I think maybe they well, were better going come on guys well, yeah, no, it doesn't have to be like fucking red. You know, what? it's not like um, what's it called in uh, the Phantom Menace where the, a pod race it doesn't have to be like fucking two hundred miles an hour all the time. No, we take people on a journey. You see. Yeah, I know, I know. But ups I just, and downs, I feel... ebbs and flows. That's how a ballet is written. That although it's a ballet. It was partly because you were yeah, very, I was very about to say apart that. from the fact that you were very very drunk. The, the ebbs and flows of the story and of the music and of how many instruments are playing at once. Mm, yeah. Those are the tricks that are pulled that take you to that exquisite moment where the one and only time tears have ever leaked out of your body. Mm. <laughs> All right. Say goodbye to the boys and girls, Alistair. Goodbye, boys and girls. Could you say it with slightly less cynicism? Yeah. Go on. Goodbye, boys and girls. No, that sounded the same. Say it. Okay. Say it like really happy. Goodbye, boys and girls. <laughs> that doesn't sound happy. 
That's that was some proud. That was like could, proud. No, like let's let's like get Christmassy. I want right. it to sound like you're a CB, CBBC presenter. Okay, fine, I'll do that. Goodbye, cool. Oh god, you can't even say it. Go on. <laughs> goodbye, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, goodbye, boys and girls. We can't wait to see you next time on GSOH. Bye. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm, I'm one. <laughs>